How many of you guys have ever rented a car or gone to a hotel and they said, your room's not there, you get a free upgrade? <laughs> well, that's not me. <laughs> I'm the guy, oh, we have no rooms, you got to go across the, across the road to the other hotel or your flight's canceled, you can sleep in the, the airport. But um, I, do, I do appreciate the opportunity to open God's Word and preach uh, this evening. Uh, for those of you that are, are new to the church, my name is Calvin Baker. I'm the youth pastor here. Uh, I've been working with our teens for uh, just over eight years now. Um, and so I get the opportunity every now and then to preach, and I'm, I'm definitely thankful for it. pastor had me scheduled to, uh, uh, to actually preach a Sunday night back in October. Um, and the date came, and then something else came up, and I wasn't able to. And so he scheduled me in November. And that date came, nothing happened, or it didn't work out again. Uh, and then December. Um, and another thing came up, and so it's the fourth time. Uh, but that's okay, because I'm preaching about gifts. And uh, I see that God was, was putting it off, putting it off, right until we're in our, our Christmas kind of mode or Christmas spirit. Um, and tonight we're going to be talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And so we'll be in 1 Corinthians, if you have your Bible to this evening, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, and if you're familiar with the gifts of the Spirit, uh, there's three main lists that we find in Scripture. 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians chapter 4, and Romans chapter 12. And uh, we'll kind of be referencing um, from all those different passages this evening, but mainly uh, in 1 Corinthians 12. I want you to think back, if, if you're a Christian here this evening, God has given you gifts. Uh, the first one we could think of is our salvation. Ephesians 2 verse 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. God's given you eternal life. That's a gift. Romans 6 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5 talks about the gift of righteousness. Uh, verse 17 says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. You also have the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts 2, verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of, the, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Not you might receive but you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you are a Christian, if you are a saved uh, individual, if you have trusted Christ as your Savior, you are gifted. Now, I, I went through school, and I don't know if I ever heard those words, you are gifted. It was usually something else. Um, I remember when we got our report cards, uh, it was like clockwork. The report cards would come home, Dad would be in his office, and one by one, Charles would get called in, I'd get called in, Carrie would get called in, and we'd sit on the piano bench that was in there, and we'd go over that report card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, but gifted. If you are an, a, a saved individual, you have been gifted. And that's awesome to think about. Um, when we think about giving gifts or receiving gifts, how many of us know that certain people give better gifts than other people? You know, uh, my wife, we, we uh, um, have a lot of nephews and nieces that are, are pretty young and well we'll give them this little book or we'll give them this little um, toy set you know and they're all relatively cheap don't tell them that but um, but the older you get you know you want some better gifts imagine the gifts that someone could give you that was a millionaire imagine the gift that someone that was a billionaire could give you and then if we think about our heavenly father um, 
There's no sum, there's no total for how wealthy he would be. And he's given us gifts. That's an awesome thought to think about. So as we think about the gifts of the, uh, of the, the Spirit this evening, uh, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And kind of the verse that we're going to springboard off of is right at the very beginning of that chapter. Chapter, chapter 12, verse number 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you be ignorant. Paul is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and, and God said to the church in Corinth, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to not know. I don't want you to, to walk around guessing. Um, what are the spiritual gifts? How to use them properly? What's their purpose? Um, and I think that that's, you know, we're not the Corinthian church necessarily, uh, but I think that we can, we can still find ourselves in that same audience. Uh, and so if you think of it, now concerning spiritual gifts, Bethel Baptist Church, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to not know. And so we're going to go through this chapter um, and highlight a few different things. Um, but the, just before we begin, I'll just name off some of the, the, the spiritual gifts. I have them uh, broke up into three categories. And if you study online or you, you listen to different preachers or commentaries, there, there's a, a variety of how these are listed or how they're labeled. Um, so take that with a grain of salt. Uh, but the first one would be what we would call the, the miraculous sign gifts. Um, and we would believe that these were uh, for a short time period uh, to confirm the, the message of, of who is preaching um, and not necessarily what we would have today. So we, we see those listed as tongues, interpretation of what was spoken, uh, miracles and healing. And then there's also enabling gifts. Those would be faith, discernment, wisdom, knowledge. And then I, what, I, what I would call functional Ministry gifts, evangelism, prophecy, teaching, exhortation, shepherding, helps, and mercy showing. So there's a variety of gifts. Um, but all of them are relevant for our church, are relevant for our lives as Christians. And so they're important that we should, um, we should study them. We should know how they're used. We should know what their purpose was. Uh, sorry, on the next page, there was giving and administration as well. Um, but what are they for? In 1 Corinthians, we, we see that Paul was wanting to teach uh, the Corinthian church how to use their gifts properly. If you read the whole book and, and get the entire context, um, they weren't being used necessarily the right way. Uh, and so he had a lot of instruction about specific gifts. But we're going to just take kind of an overarching approach. Instead of just specific gifts tonight, we're going to see as a whole um, what they're, they're mainly what they're used for. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 4. We'll start reading. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God, which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. First thing that we're going to notice is that they are gifting, or that the gifts are given to every believer. And we see that right at the end of, of verse 7. Um, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to some people. The ones that filled out the survey. The ones that tithed. Uh, the ones that, no, the Bible says to every man. And then right off the bat, it also gives us um, the purpose. To profit with all. We see a lot of the, the use here in Ephesians. And we'll go there next. 
Keep your, if you have a bookmark, go ahead and leave it in, in Corinthians. We'll be coming back. Uh, but go to Ephesians. What does it mean to profit? Is given to every man to profit. Ephesians chapter 4, as we find another one of these lists. Um, but we'll begin reading in, in chapter 4, verse number 7. But every one of us is given grace according to the measure, here's that word again, of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And then jump down to uh, uh, verse number 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. And then here's really the purpose. All right, Why would God just gift us? Verse number 12. We'll see three things. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and the edifying of the body of Christ. You know, God didn't just give us a gift just to, well, that's nice, thank you. And then we just, you know, go on with our lives. God gave us something as a purpose. Um, you know, my, my parents, they'll, they'll ask us, you know, hey, Calvin, what do you want for Christmas? And, and uh, it used to be fun things as a teenager, you know, a toy or a game or whatever. Um, but as I've gotten older, uh, for my birthday, they gave me tire ramps uh, so I could change the oil in my car. Um, and uh, the year before that, Dad got me a torque bar or, or a torque wrench. And so now they're, they're, hey, Calvin, what do you want? Tools, <laughs> you know, something that I need to, to work on the house, to, to do something. And those are, are really what the gifts that God has given. He's given you something to use it. And that list, again, for the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The first one that we saw was perfecting of the saints. That word uh, perfecting is translated um, from the Greek word Katatisma, and I am not a professor, I don't know how to say it properly, um, but it, it's only found in the New Testament one time, just once. And it literally, literally means to complete furnishing or, or simply completing. God has given you something to finish what he started in you, to, to, to work at furnishing. You know, if, um, uh, we, we moved recently in, in the summer. Um, and we went from just a, a small house to a uh, three bedroom, and then now we have this, this huge house. And, and uh, um, the family that we bought it from left behind some stuff because we didn't have furniture for everything. Uh, I believe they, they left us a bed, or two beds, a couch, two sitting chairs, um, and a generator. And they furnished uh, some of the rooms that, that we didn't have ready. And God has given us spiritual gifts to perfect the saints, to furnish the saints, to complete um, you know, the, what God's purpose was for them. We don't often use that word um, the same way that it, it was originally translated, perfecting. You know, we think of perfect like 100%, nothing's wrong. Um, but perfect actually just it means to complete. Uh, you may have, have, have said, I'm, I'm perfecting my skills in, in a certain area. I'm perfecting my ability to cook. Um, if, if you've seen me, I'm perfecting my ability to eat, and uh, I'm, I'm getting pretty good at that. Um, but God has gifted us for that purpose. The second one is, is a very simple one that needs really little explanation, but the work of the ministry. You know, we, we, we understand that God has given the church the task of reaching people with the gospel. Um, God could have done the Damascus Road and just 
everybody that's out there. Just God appears, God gives them the gospel, and they have an opportunity to respond. But God chose to do it differently. He chose to have churches, local bodies of believers, assemblies, and give us the Great Commission. Um, that's a job of the ministry. Uh, you see in Scripture that uh, the church took care of widows. Uh, the church would, um, would visit people that were in bonds or in prison. Um, Jesus talked about giving cups of cold water in his name. Evangelism, teaching, preaching, uh, discipleship. These are all the work of the ministry. And God has given us gifts to do that work. Um, I remember when I started here at the church, um, I'm, a, I'm a Mac enthusiast, a Macintosh, an Apple. Uh, I use that for my computer. And when I started, um, a pastor, he went out and bought me a Mac. He's like, if we have a job for you to do, we're going to give you the tools to be able to do it. And in the same way, you know, God has said, look, I have a job for you, Bethel Baptist Church, for Christians. I have a job for you, and I'm going to give you the tools that you need to complete that job. Um, what kind of God would he be if he said, okay, I want you to go share the gospel, um, but I'm not going to give you boldness. I'm not going to give you opportunities to witness. I remember Paul giving testimony that when he goes out door knocking, he just he prays and asks God, give me an open door, give me an opportunity. And over and over and over again, by Paul's testimony, God just gives them to him. God enables us to do the work that he's called us to do. And then the last one is kind of similar to the first one. Um, but the perfecting of the saints, I kind of view as God perfecting us. And the edifying of the body of Christ is us edifying one another. And edifying, again, is not a word that is as common as it was before. Um, but it, it would mean to build up or the act of one who promotes another's growth in Christian wisdom, piety, happiness, or holiness. You know, we have an opportunity as God enables us to encourage one another, to disciple one another, um, to edify, to build up. Uh, and, and some of those giftings uh, that we mentioned earlier are specifically for you to be a blessing to somebody else. Uh, and so there, there's so many different uses. Go back to, to 1 Corinthians and we'll continue with what Paul was, was teaching that church. Verse number 7 again, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. Every believer has a job. Every Christian has a purpose. Again, to emphasize, it's not pick or choose. It's not this one, but not that one. Every man. And to profit with all. And we just looked at those purposes that Ephesians tells us. Perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry, and the edifying of the body of Christ. The next section I believe that Paul, Paul teaches about these gifts um, really has to come down to unity. Uh, and we'll, we'll find that in, in chapter 12, verse number 11 to 14. But with all these worketh that one and selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. And that would tell us that it's not me picking my gift. It's not, a, it's not a, a grocery store where I walk in and say, God, I want the gift of faith, or I want the gift of mercy. That's not how spiritual gifts work. God says that he has chosen um, the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will, as the Holy Spirit wills. Verse number 12, For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. 
There's no other way to talk about the unity that our church is supposed to have than when we look at your body. Um, and, and he'll go on to talk about, you know, well, well, we'll read what the scripture says. Verse 13, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jew or Gentile, whether we be bond or free, have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. Again, it's a working of God. Um, and if they were all of one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. The eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more these members of the body, which seem to be more feeble, are necessary. And those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, upon those we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that, to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism. And if we, if we want to stretch that a little bit, no disunity. No one walking around saying, oh, I have a better gift. Oh, I have, uh, I'm better at evangelism. I, I'm a better giver. Uh, I'm better at showing mercy. God says that all these different parts, all these different gifts that he has given out, all these different members were of one body. Uh, and not only that, but I love in the Bible where it, it turns things around from what we understand. Um, and I love bringing these out with our, our teenagers sometimes. But, you know, God says the first shall be <clears throat> last. You know, and if you want to be um, honored, you have to humble yourself. God always turns these things around. Uh, the widow who gave a mite, God said, had given more than all the, the Pharisees who walked in and, and did it all for a show. And God says that with our gifts as well. You know, for the, for the person that thinks, well, God hasn't given me, I, I could never give up or, or get up and preach. I could never, uh, you know, do this or that. God says that it's backwards to what we think. You know, we think, um, you know, the people who are in the spotlight are the important people. And yet God says the comely parts, go back to verse 24 there. Um, verse 23, I'm sorry. And those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, less useful, less important, less showy, that we think... Um, to be less honorable upon these, we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need but God. It was his plan. It was by his design. Hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. You know, it, we, we should never walk around and, and be comparing, oh, I could never sing like that. I could never. That, that's not the point. God has saved you. God has specifically saved you, given you gifts, specific gifts. 
Uh, the Bible talks about by different measure, um, but again, that's by God. You know, whether he, if we want to throw quantities out there, whether he gave you five or ten, uh, that was by God's choice on purpose. And God says, you are responsible for your gift, and I will honor who I want to honor, and I will lift up, and I will use the people that I want to lift up and I, I want to use. And so we have to really be careful that we, um, that we don't get a, a wrong perspective, uh, but we really have to see how God sees. Uh, much emphasis is given um, by Paul that the reality of one body of believers has many members, and all are vitally important. Um, and again, the purpose that we see there in verse number 25 is, is unity. You know, if we're not walking around comparing, if we're not walking around coveting uh, someone else's gift, all of a sudden we start being able to work together. Oh, so God hasn't gifted me in this. But I, I know Brother Dennis, he, he's gifted, God's gifted him with that. You know, if I partner up with him, I can help with the way God's blessed me with my gift, and Dennis can take care of the needs that God has given to him. You know, and all of a sudden, if we can find that, that specific area that God wants you to work, whether it's edifying, whether it's perfecting of the saints, whether it's the work of the ministry, if we find where God wants you, all of a sudden, there's unity. Because God does, God's not a God of disorder, you know, God won't get his ratios wrong. You know, he's not going to miss something along the way. Oh, there's a need over there. I, I wish I had gifted. That's not how God works. God has a purpose. God gifts. God enables. And it's our job to just be humble, submit, and, and find what God wants for us. Go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. We'll begin in verse number 3. Romans 12, verse 3. And the Bible says, For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, even as God, again, it's his work, hath dealt to every man, again, it's not, sing, it's not um, what's the word I'm looking for, limited. If you are a believer, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So, being, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, less prophecy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. You know, God has given you these gifts, and he says, just use them. You know, if God has given you the ability to be an encourager, find someone who needs encouragement. If God has given you the gift of, of uh, faith, you know, there, there's all those just people who are never gloomy. They're always just an optimist. Oh, well, it'll be okay. Well, it'll be okay. Um, and then there's other of us, and I'm in this category, that sometimes worry. Or we, uh, we have doubt, maybe. But if you have someone that, that you're just gifted with faith, you just, you just believe. 
you know that God is, is, is there and going to the, come through for us, then encourage someone with that. Um, giving. Uh, I remember a friend of mine giving a testimony one time, and he was just sitting in church, um, and I've shared this with our teenagers before, but um, the Holy Spirit just poked his heart and said, hey, you see so-and-so over there? Uh, go give him five bucks. And, uh, you know, it was just a small five bucks. What's that get you? Um, but he, he just sat there, and, he, and he's, God just kept saying, hey, go do it. Uh, you know, just I'm telling you. And, and so he got up, he walked across the auditorium, and he gave this lady $5, and she just started to cry. And she's like, you have no idea what that means to me. You know, maybe his gift was giving. Maybe his gift was encouragement. But when he obeyed God, he was able to encourage someone else. He was able to, um, to bring a little bit of, of hope to her life. Uh, I believe she had been praying, and, and that was just an answer to prayer for her. And so we just, you know, God said um, here in Romans, you know, if your gift is ministering, um, wait on your ministering or, or do it. Be active. Teaching, if, you, if I've gifted you to teach, you better be teaching. You know, if I've given you, to, uh, given you a, a, a gift of prophecy, which would be what we would call preaching, get out there. Start sharing the gospel. Open your mouth. Um, and we need to be using the gifts that God has given us. Go to the book of 2 Timothy. And, and 2 Timothy is actually the, the passage that really provoked this, uh, this study in my own life. Um, as I was reading through, once I get there, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, as I was reading through, um, there's kind of a convicting phrase. And, and we'll see if it, it jumps out at you as well. But 2 Timothy chapter, two, or chapter 1, verse number 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve for my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy." When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by putting on of my hands. In, in the transitional time there, right after Christ had, had resurrected, um, uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit, of these spiritual gifts, were, were sometimes laid on by hands or by prayer. Um, that's not so much the case today. We, we would believe today that as soon as you're saved, God has indwelt you with the Holy Ghost. He's given you these gifts. But Paul, he's writing to Timothy, and he's like, I want you to stir up. I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. And, and we don't know exactly what Timothy's gift was, but if we study through First uh, and Second Timothy, Paul encourages uh, Timothy over and over to be bold. In uh, chapter one, verse eight, it says, "Be there, be not therefore ashamed." Uh, chapter two, verse one says, "Be strong." It has that kind of language. Um, and so perhaps Paul was, or Timothy's gift was prophecy, preaching, boldness, and yet. It appears from, from that phrase, it appears that Timothy had kind of slowed down, maybe. It appears that he had maybe got timid. Maybe he got uh, worried what people were saying. And so Paul says, Look, I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God. 
Get it going. That word stir um, is another Greek word, which I'm not going to read, um, but it means to kindle afresh, to keep in full frame, to keep in full flame. Um, the idea of a candle or, or a lantern, you know, put that oil in it and get it going again, burn it bright. Um, and, and I wonder if that might be you tonight where, uh, you know, at other times in your Christian life, you were on fire. You love serving God. You love doing what he had called you. He loved, uh, you love just, just feeling his presence when you were obeying him. And perhaps you might be a little bit like Timothy and you've just gotten cold. You know, you've, you've just, that fire has dwindled a little bit. And, and I know that, you know, in, in, in COVID land that we live, um, we can't do a whole lot. You know, I, I admit it feels weird. Uh, Brother Holland was here this morning and, and we were talking about just ministry church stuff. Um, and I was asking how Levi was doing. Levi's the youth pastor at Bible Baptist there. And, and we just, we talked about how weird it is. You know, as a youth pastor, normally Thursday nights we'd have 50, 60 teens come. Um, we can't do that. You know, we'd have classrooms full of, of younger kids as well. We can't do that. Uh, you know, I, I would drive a bus. We'd pick up the kids. We can't do that either. Um, and it, it feels just, it feels really weird being a youth pastor and just, you're just stuck. Uh, you can't evangelize as much as, or in the traditional way that, that normally we'd, we had been. Um, and, you know, we have to be creative. We have to think of, okay, how can I still connect with these kids? Uh, how can I still message them? How can I still encourage them? You know, what if this was a time period where God wanted me to focus on my own study or, or however you want to think it through? But, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident that we're hopefully, prayerfully, with faith, coming near the end of this. And really, as soon as, as soon as all these restrictions are done, I am looking forward to being just blow the doors wide open uh, and get these kids back. And, and uh, I am excited about the opportunity, the season that's going to be coming uh, once God enables it. And I, you know, let me just encourage you to, to prayerfully ask God, you know, God, if you have gifted me or with what you have gifted me, am I using it? Have I grown a little bit? Stale. Maybe I need to be encouraged to, to stir that up again. But every single one of us has been gifted. Are you making use of your gift? Um, or do you need your gift stirred? There is a need for everyone. Uh, you know, if God has a specific plan for this church, which I believe he does, and God has gifted specific people with specific abilities in this church, which I believe he does, what does that mean if that person sits back and says no? What's that mean if that person feels the Holy Spirit say, hey, I want you to go witness. I want you to start a prayer, prayer group. I want you to join a prayer group. I want you to use some of the gifting. What, what's that mean if we say no? And, and I know God can use other people, and I know, you know, who am I just to stop God's work? But at the end of the day, the only person that you're really, really hurting is yourself. God wants to bless our lives. God's sitting there. Again, we talked about gifts at the beginning of the message. He's the billionaire that wants to just bless. And, and I know that takes all different shapes and forms and all the rest. But if we sit on the sideline while God is doing something incredible, we are missing out. 
You know, we are missing the blessing. We are missing what God has called us to do. If you're serving through, if you're, if you're, here's another thought though. If we're trying to serve God in an area that he hasn't gifted you, um, maybe just as a warning, if God has not gifted you that ability, that means we're serving in our flesh. My last, my last thought tonight would just, as we, as we look in our Christian lives, we have to make sure that we're not in the flesh, but we're in the spirit. Um, 1 Peter chapter 4, we'll read this and we'll, and we'll be finished tonight. 1 Peter 4, verse 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch under prayer, and above all things have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover a multitude of sin. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. And verse number 10 says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another. Again, serving each other. As good stewards in the manifold, gift, uh, manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracle of God, not in his own flesh, but as serving God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God giveth, that God in all things would be glorified through, Christ Jesus, through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Our absolute end goal is to glorify God. We are created to worship. We are created for his glory. And when I can use the gifting that God has given me, God is working through me, and God receives the glory. Now, how awesome would that be? You know, um, Brother Brian passed away this week. How awesome would it be? You stand before God, and he says, well done. You know, I think of Brian. God had gifted him with the ability to work, to serve, to minister, to care for a camp, to fix stuff. And he did. Um, I had the opportunity to, to live at the camp for two summers and uh, just see him work. And his work ethic blew mine out of the water. Um, but just, you know, that was what God had gifted him with. And, and all our giftings are different. You might not be the guy that God wants up here preaching, but you can be the guy that was praying for the preacher. You can be the guy that sent him, you know, a little email of encouragement. And believe me, as a, as a, as a preacher... Those emails of encouragement actually mean a lot. Um, and maybe that was God's gift uh, in your life. Whatever God has enabled you to do, we should be doing. Uh, and I just encourage you with that thought. Let's pray. Lord, I do love you. God, I do thank you so much for your word. I thank you uh, for the gift of our salvation. God, for, for so many things that you've given us and blessed us with that we don't deserve. God, I do pray for, um, in my own life, God, that I would serve you. Uh, how you would have me, how you've enabled or gifted me, um, not my own flesh. God, I pray for our church family tonight as well, God, that they would um, just be sensitive to the Spirit as he, as he directs and leads and points out um, the things that they should be doing in their lives. I pray in Christ's name. Amen.